Welcome to Plaid for Women Radio. This is a show focused on the business of life, communication, behavior, relationships, time management, and more. We're not here to solve the problems of the world. We're here to help you solve the problems in your world. So tune in and discover how you can reach your goals, gain influence, and be heard. Now, here's your host, Sarah Zink. Ah, lies. We hate them. We might have to tell them on occasion when it serves our purposes, but we certainly do not like to be on the receiving end of a lie. But one thing I've found exceptionally fascinating is how high our tolerance is for the lies that we tell ourselves. And today, I have invited back to the show one of my favorites, Plaid Power Bloggers and radio guests. I encourage you to certainly reach out and check out who she is and what she does. But today I've invited back to the show uh, Coach Marceau, Joanne Marceau. She is a certified results coach and she and I are talking, uh, we're doing a series now about the seven lies that can knock the wind out of your confidence. And I think we've heard ad nauseum all the different angles on confidence and normally it isn't a topic I'd broached on the show, but she is approaching it from a point of view that I I like, and I think you will too. So if you would, join me as we welcome back to the show today, Coach Joanne. Hello. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, Sarah. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, it's such a pleasure, and and as I say, you know, it's always a a running joke that this is my... um, public therapy, but I really do enjoy some of the spins that you put on traditional thinking, particularly as it relates to women and success and leadership and all that. It's not the ad nauseum stuff that we've heard for so long, and today's topic is no exception, but before we jump into it, would you take a moment for the listeners who may not be familiar with you or or who you are, what you do, and just give them just a little brief overview of, of how you got into coaching and, and what it is that drives you to be so passionate about these topics. Well, I've uh, I've always been a coach but didn't know it, so I've always been a teacher. From the time I was a child, when, when other people were babysitting, I wasn't doing that. I was always teaching. And I've been a student of personal development and human potential since I was in high school. So I've been studying this, well, for decades. So... Um, what drives me to to explore both different perspectives on common things, different viewpoints, and as a result, coaching people in in supporting them and how to see things in their life from a different viewpoint is my desire for ongoing growth and, and personal development. You know, just just that each of us has the opportunity and the desire inside of us to expand and grow and be that next better version of ourselves. It's in our DNA to, to be that way, and I love supporting people in uh, in finding that next better version of themselves. You know, and I love hearing you say that because I always tell people we teach that which we most need to know. And, oh, uh, boy. <laughs> Don't we ever. <laughs> you know, I, I always, I've always said that, and I, you know, when you watch people, those things that they, they are most passionate about are typically the, the lessons that they've learned or they want to learn. And so in this case, certainly, 
I think uh, the truth is, is out that you and I are passionate about power and control. And I always tell people life is about power and control, but it's about power and control over yourself. So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the topic at hand, which is mm-hmm. uh, the lies that we tell ourselves about this enigmatic thing called confidence. Mm-hmm. And before we even jump into it, Joanne, I think it would behoove us for the listener's sake to lay out for the show today Lots of definitions running around out there, but let's talk mm-hmm. for just a few moments about what is confidence. What is our definition for the working definition for today? Well, for today, and it's not necessarily the Webster's definition of confidence because you're right, it's it's nebulous. But for today, the definition of confidence is a belief in yourself without needing evidence that that belief is deserved. And when we first started, I, I actually posted on a Facebook last night that the the power plant doesn't have energy. The power plant generates energy. And the same is true for human beings and confidence, that we don't necessarily have confidence. We generate confidence day by day, moment by moment, in any given circumstance or situation. We have the power over our thinking to generate our own sense of confidence, our own sense of belief in ourselves, even though that feedback may not be coming from the outside world, from people in, in, our, in our surroundings at the moment. We have the power to generate confidence inside. And we have all we need. It's within our scope to have all the confidence we need. You know what I've found so fascinating as I've grown myself is the amount of power that we carry within ourselves to to be and do and become. And and so that's why, of course, these topics are so passionate for me. But one of the things Mm -hmm. I'd love to touch on was something that you had said in an email that actually surprised me a bit, and I hadn't thought about it. And I don't think it's semantics. I actually think it's it's a very valid point on your part, that you were saying the difference between confidence and certainty are wide, wide, I mean, it's just two entirely different things, and I haven't really thought about it, but I'd love for you to elaborate on that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it actually, what I said actually conflicts, I just want to be clear for anybody who may be out on Webster's Dictionary right now, is that it absolutely conflicts with one of the definitions of confidence. Because I'm saying that confidence and certainty are entirely separate. That certainty can actually be a limiter. If we think that we need to be certain of something before we can generate confidence, we've got the brake on. We're living with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, and that just doesn't really result in much of anything. So certainty is is an illusion that you need to be certain about something before you can be confident. What confidence is for, for this conversation is that belief in yourself, even in the absence of certainty in the absence of evidence that you should be confident that you believe in your yourself and your ability to figure things out and your ability to take feedback and adjust and course correct along the way and be adaptable and be curious. And I know I'm saying a lot of things that we're going to get into detail about a little bit later on in the call, but it is, it is really important to know that certainty and this definition is, is not a prerequisite for confidence. In fact, it can, it can cause us to stop and wait and procrastinate when, in our belief in ourselves when we're waiting to be sure of something. 
You know, a, a few other points before we really jump into the, the lie, uh, today's focus. Uh, you know, one of the things I'd love to ask, and uh, is it fair to say that fear is the opposite of confidence? That's an interesting, interesting question. <laughs> yes, and, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna right off the top of my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question with my intuition, and we'll see where it goes because life and can be an experiment sometimes, and this is a demonstration of that. I don't think it is. I think that they are. I like to think of them as like cousins. That whatever you focus on, you get more of. Amen. And so, if you, yes, if you focus on fear, you'll get more fear and your experience of your own confidence will be lower because you can't hold those two thoughts at the same time because they're, in a way, they're very much opposite of each other. Do you think and, that women struggle so, with this, Joanne, because we've somehow uh, been socialized? And not everyone, oh, for Pete's sake, if you're listening, I know that there's exceptions. I don't, I don't speak to exceptions, so... Do you think in many cases, though, Joanne, what we're talking about is that we're socialized to equate confidence with vanity, and that's why women struggle with confidence? I think that's part of it. <coughs> I think that we also are socialized to believe that not having fear is the prerequisite to be confident, and, and I don't think that's tr the case either, that you can experience and notice that you're fearful, your mouth is dry, your, your palms are sweaty, whatever it is. And you can still generate a sense of confidence that the two are not dependent of of, of each other. You know, I, I say it quite often that courage is not the absence of fear. As a matter of fact, you're not being courage, courageous if you're mm -hmm. if there's no fear. And I would also mm -hmm. I, I would suggest and see if you agree that that part of being confident, as you just said, it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid. I mean, people think I am oh so confident, and I'm sure people think you're oh so confident. I don't always feel confident. For me, confidence isn't an emotion, and I have to think that that's another problem area when we talk about confidence with women, that, that we think that we have to feel something, that if I don't feel confident, mm -hmm. I'm not confident. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's that fake it till you make it thing. It is, and and you've heard me say, "Be it till you make it." That's actually one of the other lies that we'll be <laughs> yes, talking about right. later on. But right. be it and, until you make it. Yeah, I think that that we are socialized to think that we need to wait until we feel confident. People are also believe that we need to wait for inspiration before we sit down to write a blog. Well, the truth is, when you're in action, the inspiration comes. So we basically have it wired up backwards for, for the mm -hmm. most part. And so being the person who's confident or being the person who's a writer means that you sit down being that person, taking action as a confident person. And so the action actually comes first, which is and counterintuitive. I, I absolutely have to just 100% endorse that, be it until you, you make it. And I'll tell you why. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with, I honestly think just about damn near anything, but particularly as it relates to confidence, you know, when we want to be something, we want to be athletic, we want to be healthier, we want to be prettier, we want to be whatever, we think something magical has to happen before we get there. And and this thing you're talking about, Joanne, is that mind shift that taps into that inner power of I am and I'm finding it every day. So, 
Kali, you and I can make a whole show about that one. Let's talk about, uh, now that we've talked about what is confidence, I want to spend mm-hmm. a minute about this most important lie as it relates mm-hmm. to confidence. And I think it is a perfect starting point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll let you introduce this number one lie uh, in re- relationship to being confident. Well, lie number one, and, and you are right, these were sorted uh, intentionally. So lie number one is not there by accident. And not, lie number one states that my confidence comes with other people's praise of me. So lie number one, because your confidence is yours and yours alone. And to associate it with somebody else's praise makes it really, really tenuous. And, and not, it's, like, it's like not being able to connect to the power source when you rely on others, the opinions of others, to impact your confidence. I mean, isn't this back to the um, self-esteem slash self-confidence conversation that I think I've not only had with you but with other people? It's called mm-hmm. self-confidence for a reason. It's yours. <laughs> and this is another perfect example of self-esteem. It's yours. And it's another perfect example of where we think people can give it or take it away from us, and we relinquish the power. And so you're framing this as the lie is that our confidence is not really inherently tied. We think it is, and that's where we give other people power. Is that really the gist of this? Yeah, that we really are willing to give it up, give up our own self-belief in ourselves, our own self-worth, our own self-esteem and confidence based upon another person's opinion. Then one of my very favorite quotes is, is uh, from Eleanor Roosevelt, and she says, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. So in, in part of the, <laughs> in part of the mindset reset in this to um, counteract the lie is uh, to just consider that what other people think of you is none of your business. What would it be like to walk in your life every day unconcerned about what other people think of you? It would, it, the, the result would be extraordinary. <laughs> like you'd, have, you'd have quite the attitude and, and the swagger. And that's part of the very basis of turning the, the confidence back inside and believing in yourself because what other people think of you is, is really none of your business. It's what you think of you that matters. Well, and, and, and again, I think for women in particular, and, guys, and I know we have a, I know there's a group of guys that listen, and, and guys, this can apply to you in some ways, but for women in particular, there is that constant sense of being under scrutiny. And I think mm-hmm. it, I, sadly, I mean, I'm 55 this year. I didn't start I didn't start to get it, Joanne, until I was 40. And at that mm-hmm. moment that, I mean, I still struggle, but, you know, you walk into the room. Why do we feel awkward when we walk into the room? Because we know how we act when other people walk into the room. It's that head to toe. <laughs> You know the the quote mean girl thing where I'm I'm analyzing you and I'm scrutinizing you and this is where defensiveness comes in where mm-hmm. all all the the jealousy comes in the constant comparing comes in and, and I mean if if you're listening to this I really want you to recognize the power of what Joanne's talking about that we relinquish control of our self confidence by thinking that other people can give it or take it away but the bigger thing is is that what Joanne just said is what imagine today take 
wherever you are, whatever time of day it is that you listen to this, take 12 hours, 24 hours, and walk through your day pretending that there is no impact, that you have no concern. You are walking through your day without any concern of what other people are thinking of you. How different would that be? I mean, Joanne, seriously. I mean, what power that is. And then yeah. I want you to, to, to go to this next phase. If we do that, then it comes back to we are 100% in control of our opinion and what we think about ourselves and those things. Um, and to be able to to really look in that inner window and say, mm-hmm. yes, I like that person. Because would you not agree that it, as it relates to confidence, I really am going somewhere with this, as it relates to confidence, <laughs> spend a lot of time worrying about that extra five pounds or we worry about that extra, you know, need to get that extra muscle definition or I need to have my hair perfect or whatever. But the internal thing is what really matters and we don't focus on that at all. That's correct. In fact, we actually focus on it in the exact opposite way. We look at it from the perspective of what's wrong with us, what what needs to be fixed so that I can be confident versus I'm confident and there's no other version of me. That this this version that I am today, this version of me that I am today, is perfectly designed to be the me I'm designed to be today. Right? It doesn't mean that it's not uh, in the process of becoming that next better version of me. And the way in which we generate that next better version of ourselves is to be curious about the current version, to be to be willing to look at it with some humor. And to love that current version just as it is. That's what self-confidence looks like. It's the perfect version for me today. And I'm still growing. And curiosity really is one of the great powers, power builders of confidence. When, When you can be curious about yourself and laugh about yourself, be humble and laugh at yourself, then that diminishes and, and neutralizes that desire for what other people think. It, it really indicates you are comfortable in your own skin with a unique version of you because you're the only one of you. And that's like priceless. That's something to be celebrated. And where we get off track with confidence is thinking that there's something wrong with that. And that's you know, just, I that's saw, not true. <laughs> I saw a, a phrase once, and it just resonated with me at a very deep level, that we can be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. And I don't, yeah, think, we, I I don't think we're taught that. I think that for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and I, I don't want to waste a, a, a minute with the blame thing about who's responsible, your parents, the media, blah, 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 whatever. You know, you have like right now, and we have the power. I mean, we're enough. We are the masterpiece, but we are the work in progress because it isn't that we're we're uh, failures, or I I don't even want to say flawed. I, I like mm-hmm. I like the concept that I am flawed. It gives me something to work on. <laughs> I would be virtually impossible. I mean, seriously, can you imagine? I'd be virtually impossible to be around if I was up actually, you know, didn't have a flaw to work on. Good Lord. Um, but the, the mindset reset that I want to just reiterate here is that 
we spend so much time in fear of what other things, of what other people think. Joanne, there's a lot of joy. You know, as I've gotten older and less concerned with what people think, there is an inherent joy in being able to say, "I'm okay. I'm. I do. I can. I am. I. I will be. I'm working on that." And and loving that space between my ears, but also just the whole you know, sack of skin I'm in, so to speak. Um, the action items, I mean, I, I want to spend, you know, we've talked about what we think, what we define confidence is as today. We've talked about the lie. We've talked about how it impacts us. But I want to spend a little minute now talking about the taking control piece. For those people mm-hmm. who are listening, this is, you know, one of the things, of course, that I really enjoy about conversations with you is that it isn't a 12-step process. It isn't that, oh, you have to buy my book or blah, blah, blah. It really is about, um, it isn't complicated. And I think too many times, you've heard the phrase, it it does, it takes a genius to make things simple. Any idiot can make something complicated. <laughs> and so, so let's right. talk for a minute about the pure simplicity of of being able to take steps in the right direction to embrace our confidence, to feed our confidence, to grow our confidence. Well, basically what you're describing is that we've gone through the lie number one. That's the first piece. Let's talk a little bit about the mindset reset, and now we're getting to the action. Because inspiration or awareness without action is merely entertainment. Any lasting change requires a shift, even the tiniest shift, in action. And so this is the action step to counteract the lie. And it really has to do with noticing how you talk to yourself. Do you speak to yourself as you would a best friend? What I've noticed from many of my clients is they are their harshest critics. They would not speak about or to their best friend in the way that they speak to themselves sometimes. And so the first action is to start to notice if you're being kind to yourself, if you speak to yourself as a good friend. And then notice when you don't. Notice if you're critical. Notice if you stand in front of the mirror and and judge, as you said earlier, that body part or that hairstyle or that whatever it is that attracts your attention in a kind of negative way. And turn that around. Notice something that you love about yourself. Um, Even if it's it's gratitude and love for your toenails or your fingernails are gorgeous or, or, or your teeth, whatever it may be, to look for the things to appreciate about yourself will escalate your confidence, will expand your confidence. So look for the things that are really special and delightful about you because we all have them. And then take intentional action. Amplify your attention in that area. Amplify your attention to be kind to yourself. Notice how you speak to yourself. And say nice things to yourself. <laughs> you know, Even truly, and, and this is something head. I want. Yeah, and I want to talk about this mm-hmm. for a minute, Joanne, because one thing I see, and I say this often, uh, women get a little confused. I think about the fact that just because we have a lot of emotions, that makes us emotionally intelligent, and that is not true. And so. <laughs> You know, one thing I noticed, and I don't know if anybody listening may struggle with this, I I make mistakes. I mean, I take a lot of risks. I try new things, and so I screw up probably, I'm going to say every day is, is a fair average. Ten times a day is probably closer <laughs> to the reality. 
The point of it is that we don't like how we feel. Somebody, I mean, I still think I have huge hips because when I was a kid, my mom said blah, blah, blah about my hips. Mm -hmm. Now, here's Mm -hmm. the thing, though. That's how I feel, and so we feed that. And that's not emotionally intelligent. That's very emotionally primitive. And so, you know, as we talk about this confidence factor and being kind to ourselves, we're, it's easier. Why is it easier for me to feed my fear than to feed my faith? Uh, That's like a random question. But, I mean, think about how much easier it is for women to berate themselves and, as you say, to talk unkindly. But all of a sudden, I have to practice being nice to myself. Mm -hmm. What what yes. what's up with that? What is up with that? <laughs> you know, we are we have these here's here's the scientist, nerdy scientist coming out in me. We have these nerve cells in our brains called mirror neurons and we mimic what we see. You know, just like the baby ducklings, that's how they learn to be ducklings is they mimic the mom. We have the same mirror neurons. And so we mirror and replicate exactly what we hear. So really that self-criticism is a gift that keeps on giving. So if you grow up in an environment, which many of us do, did and do, where that self-talk is normal, that critical self-talk somehow got into the language of the family or the, the community, that that somehow is an honorable way to speak to yourself. And it perpetuates. And it becomes invisible. So until you, you've heard me say this, you know, the earth was flat until it wasn't. But everybody thought it was until the very moment that that whole idea changed and then the earth wasn't flat. The same can be true with that self-talk. We believe, many of us believe that it's okay to speak to ourselves that way. And then all of a sudden there's an awareness from an outside outside person, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a close friend who says slaps you upside the head and says, Stop it. Stop talking to yourself that way. You get more of that, so just knock it off. I know. I have this <laughs> mental picture of a coach that. smacking someone in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that was your, that was a friend. That was a friend. Oh, more gentle than that. Your friend your friend smacking you in the head. There you go. There's a, I paid for that. What's up with that? No, that's just one of the many services we provide. <laughs> exactly. That's why, Sarah, that's why I do all my coaching on the phone, so I'm never uh, tempted to do that. <laughs> because because the urge to reach out and smack you in the head. But but you know what? I cannot, and this is why I can't coach, of course. I have no patience with that. But, but, but if you're listening, I want you to be able to appreciate what Joanna's saying. These habits that we build, we build these habits, and we perpetrate the cycle. And then what I find most annoyingly sad, I'll say annoyingly sad, is Mm. that then we go out into the world and we're still, I mean, I know people who do this, Joanne, still blaming their parents for their self-esteem, still blaming, Mm. still blaming their, their, this, this thing or that thing. Or, I mean, Mm. like I say, it took me years to, to say, okay, my mom didn't want me to grow up with a bad body image. She just didn't know better or she was perpetrating the cycle or maybe she really did think I had big hips. I mean, she just didn't. I just don't think many times people think about it. But at that pivotal moment, and Joanne, when we get back from the break, I want you to to share with the listeners how to tap into the fact that they have the power. Because seriously, Mm. 
this is where I get excited, and this is why I love having folks like you on. Mm. I mean, folks, like Joanne said at the beginning, we are the power plant. We are the power plant. We can generate the confidence and the self-esteem because it's ours. It's ours. Mm. It's nobody else's. So, Joanne, I'm going to put you on hold. And, folks, uh, those of you who are listening, when we get back, Joanne Marceau, my guest today, who is a certified results coach, is going to share with you the most important thing you need to remember about the conversation that we've had today, as well as some action items that you can take today to begin to tap into this internal power plant. You have this combustion energy, uh, combustion engine. You've got all the materials that you need inside to help build your confident to create your confidence and so you hang in there and we're going to be right back well hello and welcome back to plaid for women radio brought to you by plaidforwomen.com i am sarah zink i'm your host for this show and i'm also very proud to be co-founder and chief operating officer of plaid for women we are a blogging site dedicated exclusively and unapologetically to women Our goal is to help women get connected with one another, with like-minded women who are on the search to become more, more purposeful, more engaged, more authentic, more inclusive, productive, profitable, powerful. You can find out more about all of these things, as well as live events that we have in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, by visiting our online portal Mm -hmm. and web magazine at plaid, P-L-A-I-D, for F-O-R, women, W-O-M, en.com. Well, my guest today has been Joanne Marceau. She is a certified results coach and somebody that we certainly consider to be a, a resident expert on the becoming process. And I told you before the break that when we got back, she was going to remind you of the most important thing that we talked about today, as well as giving you some action items on how you can uh, make progress. Uh, we are masterpieces and works in progress at the same time. So, Joanne, no pressure, of course, but, you know, everybody out there is waiting to... <laughs> <laughs> for the magic bullet. Everybody's waiting for that magic bullet. What is that, that one thing that we can do to take over the world today? Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I still love this statement. that the power plant doesn't have power, it generates power. And each of us has one tool with which to generate our own power, and that's our own thinking. Albert Einstein said, the thinking that created the problem is not the thinking that will solve it. The one thing to do today is to notice how you think about yourself. And if you notice criticism, just stop it. Interrupt it and insert something about yourself that you appreciate. So the homework for today is to pick one thing, just one thing that you truly appreciate about yourself without question. And anytime you're criticizing yourself or you notice yourself criticizing, stop the criticism and insert that one thing that you're great with, that you love about yourself. It will change your day. And you know what grieves me is, for those of you who are listening, you know, I hear this more often than I care to, is that that women will say, oh, you know, well, I don't have any talent. I don't have any skill. I mean, oh, I don't do anything well, or there's nothing I love about myself. And that is such bullshit. 
you know, listen, <laughs> listen, folks, seriously. I mean, if you really feel that way, you need Joanne way more than you realize. But secondly, you are hiding, I think, you're hiding behind the fear of appearing to be egocentric. And that in and of mm. itself is, is not a good thing. We all have something. I mean, Joanne, we all have something. Like you said earlier, you may just have great toenails. I mean, seriously, <laughs> there's there's something about you that's fantabulous. And and being able, I mean, if you can't even identify one thing, then you definitely need to reach out. And Joanne, speaking of reaching out, of course, uh, I would love for you to let folks know how they can connect with you directly because I certainly cannot wow. speak highly enough about you and your work and your ability to connect with people. So uh, tell them how they can reach out to you directly. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. And, and on that lead-in with toenails, here we go. Um, <laughs> That's a toenail coach, isn't she? <laughs> oh, it's a new brand. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Never mind. I'm going to go in there. Um, so the easiest way to reach me is on my website, which is J, just the letter J, Marceau, M-A-R-C-E-A-U dot com. And uh, my email is joanne at jmarceau.com. And if you'd like to go out to the website and just fill in the contact me form, we'll send you the uh, the document that we've been using, the support materials, with the seven lies that knock the wind out of your confidence. We'll send you that if you go out to my website. Fill out the, the contact us form and just put in the, the uh, subject line, put in confidence, and, and uh, I'll send it out to anybody who requests it. Ta-da. And I will say, for those of you who are listening, I, I can tell you Joanne's not a stalker, so you're not going to, you know, give her your contact information, and the next thing you know, you have to go get a restraining order. <laughs> Joanne, no. it, is a, it is, as always, a delight to have you, and I appreciate uh, you uh, making time to have this conversation. And, you know, folks, I have to tell you, I, I've taken a page full of notes, and you definitely need to get your hands on this handout. It's It's got uh, great little visuals that you could print out and hang around your office or your home or wherever to inspire you. So, Joanne, certainly, again, pretty public therapy for me today. So thank you for being on the show. And I know that folks who are listening, again, as you said, this enigmatic, nebulous thing that we call confidence, it can be achieved and it can be, I think, fed and, as you say, generated. So uh, yeah. I want to encourage folks to reach out to you, jmarceau, M-A-R-C-E-A-U.com. And uh, I, I look forward to having you back next month to talk about number two. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. Um, and have a fantastic, fantastic day. And we'll be back next month with yes. lie number two. Yes. Thank and you. I'm, com- I'm confident we'll be doing that. <laughs> and certain. I'm confident and certain. And folks, we appreciate you tuning in because uh, we bring on folks like Joanne because you've said you want to have these conversations about confidence. You want to be able to be more um, self-aware and, and, and support your own positive thinking. And, you know, we don't, uh, we have sugar-free positivity here. This isn't about rose-colored glasses. It's about tapping into your superpower and using it for good. And so I want to remind you to reach out to Joanne directly. She can uh, give you the follow-along for this seven-part series. And uh, you can find her at jmarceau, M-A-R-C-E-A-U, dot com.